welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation, and uh, it's been a while, folks. Uh, but since we've last talked, there's been quite a few things to talk about. There's quite a few things in the news, uh, and we're going to cover those today. With me, as always, Jonathan Ross. How's it going, Jonathan? It's going pretty good, Dustin. Uh, like you said, it's 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 been a minute. It's about a month. Uh, overall, I would say for 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 me, uh, things are going pretty well personally. You know, my wife and I are gamefully employed, so that's that's always that's always good these days. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on outside of the soccer world. I don't plan to spend a lot of time here, but um, just wanted to at least you know let people know that yes, we're we're also kind of thinking about what's happening in the world. And I think to me, the the, the key thing for everybody to keep in mind is is to try to be empathetic to others. Absolutely. So, no matter what side you are, you're on, right? Uh, I think a lot of times people take radical views, um, one side or another. Uh, I mean, I, I think from my pers- my perspective is just you know take some time, sit back, and think about um, what other people's and other situations that might be different from you, uh, what they may be feeling. So I think that's just an important an important thing for for people to think about now. Absolutely. Uh, if if you don't do anything else in in this time, like. Just love the people around you, no matter what color they are, no matter what where they come from, or what what what's in their bank account, right? Like just just love each other, um, and you know that's that's one that is something we can do to make the world a better place. Um, and you know, the, you, like you said, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into a whole lot of things on this on this podcast. We'd be here all day, uh, and there's probably people that can say things better than we can, uh, and more. Um, more eloquently and uh you know so on but uh just wanted to make sure that i guess echo that sentiment jonathan like just um be empathetic that's that's a good uh that's a darn good starting spot so all right so what's what's going on with you dustin man listen it's been it's been a month and i looked up and it's been a month it's not it's i think there's two two like Two, when COVID happened, like two things happened. Either you had nothing to do and sitting at home or you're sitting at home and you're just like busy beyond belief. And that's the, that's the, the column that I'm in. Um, I think I've seen my kids and my family less since, since been starting to work from home than I did when I was in the office. Um, and I know Tristan's in that boat. I think you're in that boat too, right? Yep. It's, uh, that is, I mean, we're not making excuses for our, our lack of uh, podcast, but that is the situation we are in here. And um, but the, you know, there's enough there's enough happening that like it uh, we got the text chain going and we got ourselves back on the mics. So uh, you want to run through some of that, that sure. uh, news I, with me? I, I, yeah, of, of course, Dustin. I did see that there was something that came out just what in the last couple of days. Was it yesterday? Yeah, Friday Friday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so if you have not heard, Jesse Gonzalez has been suspended indefinitely by the MLS. Sorry, by MLS. Almost com- committed a cardinal I was, sin I was there. about to call you out there. No, I call myself out, man. That's the way I roll. Uh, so uh, so let's, let's just start off. Like, I mean, these things, these situations are, are, are tough and they're personal. Uh, and so... I'm, we're just going to stick to what we know here. Um, I'm going to read to you the statement that MLS put out and what FC Dallas put out, and we'll kind of roll from there. Uh, so on Friday at 4.30 p.m., 
Sharp, uh, MLS and FC Dallas put out press releases. MLS's press release said, Major League Soccer announced Friday that it has suspended FC Dallas goalkeeper Jesse Gonzalez following a report of uh, to the Frisco Police Department alleging incidents of domestic abuse. MLS is conducting an independent investigation into the matter and will remain in close communication with FC Dallas local law enforcement and the MLS Players Association throughout the process. Gonzalez proactively submitted to and is currently undergoing an assessment by Substance Abuse and Behavioral Health, SABH, doctors. Gonzalez will not be eligible to participate in any team activity until the assessment is complete. He is cleared for participation by the SABU program, doctors, and MLS Soccer completes its investigation. FC Dallas releases the following statement on the allegations. And here's FC Dallas's side of things. Um, probably not a whole lot to add, but uh, earlier this week, and I'm quoting here, earlier this week, we learned of allegations involving goalkeeper Jesse Gonzalez. FC Dallas takes these matters extremely seriously and fully supports the league's swift action to suspend the player while an investigation takes place. We continue to work closely with Major League Soccer regarding this. As the on as the an on as the wow as this is an ongoing investigation, FC Dallas will not have further comment at this time. So that is the facts as we know them. Um, it's kind of a shocker. Uh, not great news by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think uh, I think there's a couple things to to look at here. Um, the substance abuse and behavioral health. Um, section of things uh, that that program, if you want to read more about it, um, I think in one of the most recent court cases, there was a um, they released the MLS Constitution and it's uh, on like house.gov. You can go and look at the MLS Constitution to read more about it. But essentially, it's a program that's uh, required of players and coaches who violate certain uh, policies regarding drug and alcohol abuse and other personal issues. And um, you've seen recently Brian Fernandez of the Timbers go through this. Adama Diamande of LAFC has, you know, put himself to voluntarily into the program. Uh, Kyle Laren in all Orlando, he w- went through this program after he got his DUI. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of things or a lot of examples of this program. Um, it looks to be um, both substance abuse and also just personal uh, issue things where they'll provide the player um, help and give them a program to, to try to work through. And uh, if you look at the constitution, you know, there's a step. So like uh, the number of times that you violate it, you get certain amount of uh, punishment from the league. Like for the first time you get no punishment provided you actually go through all of the the steps and, and go complete the program like they ask you to. And then after that, there's increasing number of punishments. So, um, you know, obviously not something that MLS is going to be too super excited about having uh, one of their players and attach their name to the, to the organization, you know? Um, so, uh, Jonathan, there is precedent for this. Uh, I was look, trying to look back and see if there's any other cases previously of domestic abuse. I know the NFL has quite a, mm-hmm. a, um, quite a history with this particular right. subject, but, uh, Will Johnson for also of Orlando, um, 
the, he was he was uh, suspended after allegations from his wife um, and that there was abuse there. Then police dropped the charges, and, but he still had to um, complete a year-long, like what they call it, a diversion program, I think is what they called it, and a 26-week domestic violence counseling program as part of the SABH uh, program. So, you know, there's precedent. It, it seems like if, uh, you know, if the charges actually do get dropped, you know, there's, uh, they'll, you can still go through the, the program. But I think, I think just looking at this from the outside and putting my own goggles on it, I think the crux of this whole thing will, will, will depend on what happens with the police report and how, how that goes and everything. And in that other case in Orlando, Dustin, was it, was the player allowed to return to, no. to, to play or they had to complete the full, I think it's the 26 week program. Prior yeah. They to had that. to, he had to complete the program in order to, to come back and he had, so, um, yeah, actually, you know what? Uh, I take that, take that back. He, when the investigation concluded, he was allowed to come back, but it, okay. it was ongoing with, like it was parallel to completing the program and as part of the conditions for completing it. And I'm, yeah, obviously I'm not super, super, uh, you're not, a, you're not an expert in these, uh, no. me, uh, you, you already know a lot more than I do. Dustin. So I am a doing your homework, keyboard but. journalist, <laughs> keyboard <laughs> lawyer here. Google is uh, your friend. So, yes, that's right. Um, I mean, so, I guess in the case, I mean, I mean, obviously it's, it's good to see, uh, MLS and FC Dallas take quick action here. Right. Um, we, you know, mm-hmm. we, we saw the announcements before we saw anything, um, in the news or other media outlets. So that's, that's good that they were decisive. Um, and that's probably a lesson learned from other leagues, like you mentioned the NFL. Uh, so that, so that piece is good. And then I guess from, uh, just an overall FC Dallas perspective, I mean, the, this team is in a positive state where at least they have a backup who's quite capable with Jimmy Maurer to step in, we say Dallas soccer shows only Jimmy Maurer. <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show, friend of the show. Uh, so that's, uh, I mean, that's, that part at least is, is good as well. So um, the, the impact from a club perspective could be limited. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot else to add to this. You know, there's not a whole lot of news coming out of there. It does have a lot of impact to FC Dallas, um, you know, right now um, going forward um, and potentially long-term, um, you know, like what, what, you know, it just kind of puts a big old question mark on what, you know, could have been an exciting um, tournament. And we've got, um, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but there's there's going to be a season this year. Um, and it's kind of, it's never, never fun, never good to have this type of thing hanging over an organization. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the you know, staff and players uh, react to it and, and yeah. rally or whatever, you know, whatever happens. Uh, so um, my expectation is we'll get very little official comments on this from anybody in the club. Right. But right. So the other things we do know, um, you know, like, like I said, trying to keep it factual, he did just get married um, in, I think it was at the end of last year. Um, and 
if you if you want to go look, she her Instagram um, does have things on it about some of this situation. So there's there's you can go there. I'm not going to like read it out here or anything like that, but uh, you can kind of go look uh, and and kind of try to keep up if you want. Um, but speaking of you know going forward and and in this this season that we're trying to figure out, I think there's some more news there. Um, Jonathan, you want to walk us through, um, you know, some of the other announcements that we've had recently? Yeah. So there's like, so while we've been in this, uh, uh, this, this break from play, which started on March 12th, which is when there is, uh, officially from MLS perspective, no more, no more games and no more trainings. There's been a couple of things that have been happening. One is, uh, obviously the teams are trying to adapt to doing individual workouts, which we've talked about before on this pod, um, mm-hmm. But then there's also been this piece where uh, the CBA agreement, although it was it was agreed in principle to get the season started, uh, had never actually been ratified. And so uh, it's been an interesting time because uh, there's also been during this work stoppage, right, where the the league is, you know, they've come out and said that they've lost about a billion dollars during this work stoppage, um, that during this during this work stop, stoppage that the um, the CBA has also been kind of renegotiated. And I think a lot of that has been with pressure from the league back to the players association. Yeah. Uh, Just a quick stop. Like, uh, that $1 billion. Yeah. I'm assuming loss. that's over some sort yeah. of, I've never seen the details of that. They, I, don't know if you I actually caught a little bit of kick around yesterday and they had a pretty good discussion on like, what does that actually mean? And, and what does it mean? for the league and what does it tell us about the league uh so go check out saturday's kick around podcast uh if you want to hear some more about that all right i'll have to do that yeah (laughs) um but there's been so so yeah i mean obviously that was a big number that came out but there's been a couple of things that i think um some of the players maybe haven't appreciated very much with how mls has taken up um, their approach to trying to push forward the CBA. So uh, a couple of things, one on uh, April 17th, uh, MLS asked players to take up to a 50% pay cut. Um, the stipulation of that, and that was including at that point, players had already played four months. So it had been, so it's a really ongoing, would have been an even greater pay cut because it had been 50% of their total salary for the year. Um, but that was only in the worst case scenario where there were no games played. Obviously we know now that um, at least there's plans going forward for additional games to be played. Um, part of the other stipulations in that early uh, negotiation was that it was not going to impact players who made less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, so the most of that uh, impact was meant to be for higher, higher salaried individuals. Um, the negotiations continued from there, and then uh, on June first, when they're working to to ratify, trying to get things to completed so they could make the announcement around Orlando, which I know you're going to talk about here in a minute, Dustin. Um, there were a, a couple of of stopping points uh, that were between between different key key differences between the league and between the players' association. Uh, one was around uh, kind of the final negotiated pay cuts. Uh, the players union was agreeing to a seven and a half percent, uh, reduction. Uh, I think MLS was pushing for 8.75. Uh, but MLS <laughs> was also pushing to try to put, put a fourth majeure, uh, clause in the new CBA that was tied to attendance. And I think that was one of the bigger sticking points. For, uh, for those of us who are, you know, 
nigh but illiterate. What is force majeure? Uh, basically, when you know, it's a, it's an act of God, right? So generally, oh, gotcha. when you put something like that in a contract, it means that uh, it's something that happens that's outside of your control: earthquake, floods, famine, whatever, right? Gotcha. Um, COVID, I guess now. Uh, <laughs> pandemics. That, pa- pan- t- pandemics. <laughs> if there's things that are outside of the the players and the least controls that happen that have a significant impact on the business. Uh, a lot of contracts have these things in place, which means that the, the rest of the contract kind of goes out the window and goes for renegotiation. Um, MLS was pushing to actually tie attendance figures to say if uh, if attendance for, I think, five or more teams decreases by more than 25%, they could actually execute that clause, which means that they could go back and renegotiate salaries with the player association at that point. Um, it was a, a pretty big sticking point. What's interesting is that on June 1st, the leagues uh, threatened to to do a lockout and basically say, hey, we're just not going to continue play for the year, right? Which would have a significant impact, obviously, on the players and the league yeah. um, to try to force this. Um, but in the end, uh, it looks like the Players Association, even though they were, MLS was taking a hard stance, were actually ended up getting both of their points, which was they didn't get, you know, a clause in there for uh, attendance-based force majeure. So that was that was thrown out. Uh, and also the the pay reduction was a seven and a half percent, which is what the players association was pushing for anyways. <laughs> so, so th- I think the, the biggest change that happened in the CBA um, was that it got extended for a year. And then the, there was some TV rights bonuses that were supposed to be kicked in starting in 2023. Those were cut in half. So it was supposed to be uh 25% of the additional revenue over a hundred million dollars. So that was when the new, uh, uh, media contract was supposed to kick kick in. They reduced that to twelve and a half percent for twenty twenty three, and it went back up to twenty to twenty five percent the year after. So, really, what's happened is they've they've pretty much just pushed the entire contract out one year. So, salaries for twenty have now become twenty one, and salaries for twenty one twenty twenty one have been twenty twenty two, et cetera. Um, and then same thing for this additional uh, kind of compensation for teams for uh, kind of media income um, that got pushed out a year, the 25% did. Uh, but instead of just pushing it completely out, they left it, they put a 12 and a half percent in for 2023. So um, overall, it seems like the agreement is, is a good agreement for, for both sides. I think that the, that there's a bit of a distaste when you read some quotes from players, including even, even Reggie's um, comments about the, the, the new uh, CBA, they weren't, like significantly negative, but just knowing Reggie, you, you can kind of help me. He he, he mentioned he's pretty that, reserved, you know, so he's he's a pretty reserved guy. But he did a bit talk about he he wasn't happy with the way that the uh, kind of league progressed it, right? Yeah, um, I mean that's that's a whole nother podcast right there with him trying to his contract is structured so that he could leave this summer. Yeah, and it, oh, good good luck on that. Um, but the, the good news from coming out of the CBA was two things. One was the teams were allowed to start, uh, group training starting on, uh, I think it was June 3rd. They announced that the CBA was ratified. Group training could start the next day on June 4th. Um, as part of that, uh, there's going to be some testing requirements and I think you're going to touch on that here in a second, Dustin, but, um, the, as part of, Interesting enough, on June 3rd, when they announced the CBA was ratified and they could start uh, training the next day as group training, uh, we found out that 
uh, as they started to do those initial tests. I don't know if it's specifically tied to the June 3rd date, but we found out also on June 3rd uh, that a player for FC Dallas had tested positive for COVID-19. Um, all we know uh, is that, that that player is, or at least at the time, it was two days, a couple days ago, uh, mm-hmm. was at home, uh, was feeling healthy, right? Was it wasn't have didn't have significant symptoms, and that no other uh, players, personnel, or Toyota Stadium staff had uh, any symptoms at the time. Uh, but the plan was to go and test all those that have had contact uh, with that player. Yeah, um, and just for the record, we don't know who that player is. Uh, I've had a couple of people reach out. Uh, no, we don't know, and, and uh, doesn't. It doesn't matter a whole lot to me. <laughs> um, I just want uh, all of all of them to be safe, you know. So, I, I think the key the key impact is going to be how does that uh, how does that impact the plans for FC Dallas and that the the team's ability to get ready for Orlando. Yeah, if they're supposed to be returning to full team training on the fourth, but then I think there's a. Is there a mandatory? So, well, let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about the Orlando plan, and then we'll talk about how FC Dallas kind of fits into that. So, um, as far as I know, it sounds like there's going to be um, some sort of like mini tournament in Orlando uh, at Disney's Wide World of Sports, a little complex down there. Um, it's uh, they they put out a press release basically outlining what the procedures and tests and stuff will be the safety procedures. I'll touch on some of the, the highlights here. So essentially players have to have two, uh, two PCR. I won't get into the science or whatever, but two, two tests, 24 hours apart and 72 hours prior to the start of the team training. So Three days before the team starts training, they have to have completed two tests 24 hours apart. Uh, and on go, and then every after that, they have to have uh, antibody tests uh, regularly. Um, so uh, let's see. Players will be com- com- cleared to train uh, if they've completed two negative tests and the, the serology test, so which is the antibody test. Uh, players, coaches, and staffs must complete tests every other day and only those with negative results will be allowed to attend training. That, that, that sounds painful. Uh, I've seen, seen videos of people taking these tests and they basically have to poke your brain for 10 seconds. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see here. Uh, if a player or staff member tests positive, the individual has to be isolated. The individual will be tested again in at least 24 hours later to ensure that the test was not a false positive. Um, and then after that, they basically have to work with the doctors and authorities to make sure that they're approved to bring them back. Um, and you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of other things. There's talks. They, they released a, a list of things that teams have to do to their training rooms and their clubs and like their locker rooms and, um, you know, players have to be in the same locker. They have to have two locker rooms available and players have to be in the same group, um, all the time. They can't like switch to different locker rooms. Um, and then, um, 
every day the the players have to have a, a questionnaire uh, prior to every arrival at the training site and to, like asking about how I guess I'm assuming it's asking about have you been do you have a do you feel sick and do you have you talked to anybody who does feel sick and stuff like that and also have a temperature checked upon arrival at the facility every day so I don't think that that's a change. Um, I, I think we've seen video of them showing up and getting their temperature scanned when their gloves and their, their masks as they show up to training already. Um, so, but that's just something else that they've got to do. Um, Jonathan, what do you know about, what do we know, um, about the actual tournament that they're talking about? Uh, very little. Honestly, yeah. that I've seen. So the unlike uh, some of the other leagues that I think, is, especially the NBA, I think is, has had a lot more details come out. Um, I think what we've seen right now is July. Don't know if it's early July. We're assuming not early July, but um, July, you know, we've got the location, which you've talked about. Um, and that part of the negotiations with the CB, for the CBA was actually reducing the amount of time that um, players would have to be away from their home location. I think it got reduced to 35 days. So I don't know if that's inclusive of uh, any mandatory uh, time after they get to Florida to, you know, to avoid other players or not. But uh, um, right now, that's, that's about all I've seen. And then it's going to be, I think, a group stage type of tournament with, uh, with win losses actually counting as part of regular season uh, mm-hmm. standings. And I think it's a minimum, like the things I'm hearing, uh, and I don't know whether it's factual, uh, just rumors is what I, so take this as far as you can throw it folks. Um, but like I am hearing three game minimum and then, um, the winner of the mini tournament would actually get a CONCACAF champions league berth. Is it, yep, there's, I think there's some well. talk about that. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is that like you said, um, even though it's a tournament, and it's a round robin style where you get a minimum number, even if you lose and you're like not technically in contention to move on to the next round of the tournament or whatever, the games, like you said, they still count towards your regular season standing. So it's not like, it's just, I'm going to give up. I'm out. Um, there's actually a reason to fight through every game. So that'll be good for the competition wise. Um, and I think, I think that there is, and this, and the, like, I don't have this in writing, but uh, I've also seen rumors that, um, you know, that there's going to be uh, uh, some sort of compensation or not compensation, but a uh, X. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for it, and it's not like there. Per diem um, kind of thing, or no uh, exemption? There'll be some sort of exemption for when teams can return to play, like by a week, uh, to. Help facilitate teams like FC Dallas, uh, who right. now have a positive test case amongst their ranks, where they are allowed to return or actually uh, report to Orlando a week later than the rest of the teams, or, or uh, a team like Chicago, where they're where they're in a city that doesn't allow yet um, the group activity. So, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how how things go after. That um, I know Texas, you know, we've got 50% stadiums capacity allowed now by Governor Abbott. And so, um, you know, it doesn't seem like it'll be a super big problem to, to have home games at for FC Dallas in um, in the fall or in the late summer. But, you know, we're kind of different than, say, New York or Toronto 
or San Francisco, you know, San Jose rather, uh, and then Seattle, right? Like there's those, um, those, the restrictions there are still a lot, a lot higher. So it'll be interesting to see how things shake out, but that's kind of what we know. Um, you know, the, the, the actual facts that we have are coming from press release. The rest of it's stuff that we, you and I have both kind of read people that are in the know kind of drop hints on, on Twitter. Um, so yeah, what, the, what the, are we missing? The, the, well, the family piece I thought was kind of interesting because if you look at um, the NBA's plan, so the NBA are doing something similar, they're going to do a big tournament, right? Um, but they're allowed to include uh, family visits in their bubble, right? So I think that hmm. they can actually have specific family members come in, visit team uh, members of the team, and then go home during the tournament, uh, which is something that they're not allowing to do in, uh, I'm assuming, I mean, it didn't specify, right? But I'm assuming since one of the things that the Players Association, the players were concerned about was being away from their family for, you know, two or three months. Um, it it makes me wonder if if those are not going to be allowed. Uh, It's kind of, I can see both sides, right? You know, obviously you want to limit the amount of interaction you have as much as possible. Um, but also, you know, if I'm you know, thinking about it myself, right. Um, if my employer had me go fly to Florida for, you know, a month and a half and I couldn't see my family, yeah, it's, you know, that might well, be I an mean, issue, right. You got players like Carl, even Carlos Vela, like one of the like premier players and, and high, most high profile play players in the league, his wife came out, you know, blade guns a blazing about that particular policy. Cause she's six, seven months pregnant. And right. they're expecting their child around the time that they're going to be in Orlando. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely a it's just such a hard situation trying to figure out a way to, you know, make sure everybody still has jobs, but at the same time, you know, they still have lives and outside of the game, right? Uh, I mean, you look at players who may not make a whole lot. Players, I mean, we talked to Jimmy Maurer and his family's here, but his extended families in Georgia and you know it's if it's you there's not a whole lot of help for the wives and and for right. the kids and the families um you know and and it's not like you can just bring people into your bubble in these days right. to help out it's it's going to be a there's going to be a big burden on not only the players and their family lives but also the families that they have and the things that they have to endure if they're not like to, to make this whole thing happen. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, um, I mean, definitely interesting, interesting to see how it all plays out, not just on the field and in Orlando and going forward, but just like in the players' lives and and how it affects them because they're people too. Right. Yep. Question for you, Justin, have you watched the, the Bundesliga since it's reopened? I've, I've like, I've watched one or two games. I watched Schalke versus, Dortmund or something like that oh, okay. uh, the first game. weekend and then after yeah. that it's not really haven't watched a whole lot of it so have you, you have you have you been able to experience the uh, Fox Sports uh, you know sound guys you know pumping in the crowd noise I have not um, I'm not certain how I'd feel about that I think it'd be kind of a fun job to have to be the crowd noise guy <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you uh, I, I, I've I've experienced games with and without, and it seems like I, I was watching some t- today even, uh, and I, it seems now the norm is to have at least on the Fox Sports broadcast FS1 FS2 ones to have the 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 fake crowd noise, including you know 
jeers when the keeper has the you know the opposing keeper has the ball and he's going to kick it off and i mean the, the, the oh the actually the they've done a pretty good job I, I read some articles and at least the way that they've done it uh for that league is they've they're using crowd noise that was recorded the last time those two teams played each other huh so they're actually using their actual crowd noise um from a prior game which is kind of and, the, and then trying to time different sounds to what's actually happening on the field, which is kind of, kind of cool. I think. Yeah. I mean, so I love it or hate it. At least they're putting in some effort, right? They're not just like pressing a, a crowd, knowing like the laugh track in a comedy, a sitcom that's recorded in so, a, so you, without a studio audience. So, so if, if you're, if we're watching a, a game in, in Orlando, do you want to be hearing some El Matador and DBG going off in the background? Or? No, no. Um, I think it's different, right? Because those the, the Bundesliga, they're playing in the actual stadiums. They're playing in somewhat of an atmosphere that you can imagine, and you might be able to take and have a um, like a, a uh, like sus- suspend your own reality and kind of put your own uh, like imagine it being an actual full statement. Like in Orlando, they're going to be playing on the equivalent of practice fields. Um, and to have crowd noise over that, I think that would just be real weird. I, and I, I kind of would rather like listen to the players chatter and players, uh, communicate and the coach communicate. And yeah, well, I think that the intimate, you're going to be on intimate fields. Uh, let's hear the intimate, um, let's hear the, let's, let's just let it be imp- intimate and see how it goes. It, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the, well, I don't really know if it's if it's a lead decision. I'm sure it's probably the broadcaster's decision. But just thinking about the fact that um, likely NBA will be playing at the same time. NHL has already announced that they're making plans. They're, they haven't they don't have specific dates yet. But it's going to be a pretty busy sports landscape all of a sudden, right in July, mm-hmm. um, with people competing for eyeballs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what decisions the uh, different networks make around that, right? Because I, I mean. I could definitely see NBA taking the same crowd noise thing, right? Um, versus, you know, but yeah, just having just, like the in, in, I mean, in you're, indoor you're, sports, you've got like the organ that can be playing. Oh, you uh, get you get all that already, right? That's already I mean, even bum, live bum, in game bum, exactly. Bum, 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 bum. Let's go, Mavs! Exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, so, I, so I have a feeling that some of those, you know, NBA for sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do some of that, anyways. Um, so versus just, you know, having the, 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 the players play and you just hear the sounds of the empty stadium. Right. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting. I, I personally, um, I've, I've seen enough of the games now in the Bundesliga that, that I, I think I like it with the crowd noise and really thought about the fact of, yes, it's a different stadium, that kind of stuff, but it's as a consumer, right. It feels, it's, it feels easier to watch. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might feel less like you're watching a youth league. Right. right. I think I think I heard some discussion. Right. Or an open cup game. Yeah. On, uh, yep. <laughs> Against, you know, uh, one of the, the lower league teams at their local park. Yep. So, you know, and it's um, that maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, FC Dallas has got a bunch of homegrown players that are used to playing at Toyota Stadium. Uh, sorry, Toyota Soccer Park or whatever it's called. Um and playing in the same, like they, they, they play at the the development academy um, national like tournaments down there in Orlando too, right? So, you know, 
maybe maybe this gives FC Dallas an edge, uh, being in you know these intimate environments and in uh, in in a a stadium that kind of feels like how they just grew up, like Jesus, Paxton, Reggie, all these players. They've done this, you know. If you've got a, a veterans that have come inside, come from outside, you know, they're not going to have this. Like, what is this? You know, yeah. what is this? There's, there's a a metal bench for me to sit on. So, what? Well, something interesting. I honestly, I hadn't even thought about this. It's, I think, it relates to something else we had talked about. But um, with FC Dallas having a USL affiliate that they're allowed to send players to. Mm-hmm. When's that? I mean, first of all, have you heard anything about when USL is supposed to start? I think they put out a press release this week saying July 18th or 19th okay. is when they were going to start. Um, don't think that there's many more details out right now. They said they're going to drip it out as they, um, you know, as they finalize, quote unquote, the framework for return. So, um, you know, we'll know we'll know more when we know more. I don't think that we know much now. Um I think yeah, they're, they're out practicing. They're, they're, oh, they've they? got okay. training. You know, I've seen the, the North Texas SC pr- like tweet out photos yeah, and, and stuff. Twitter and, photos. I haven't been able to actually. I, I couldn't tell enough. I don't know if you've talked to anybody over there. It might be interesting to 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 reach out, but to see if I don't know if they're doing group training or if they're still an individual training. I haven't seen any. I've only seen the one announcement about the. the it actually specifically said Champions League was coming back in July, but um, at least. The, the announcement I saw, I'm assuming league one's the you, same. The thing. USL champions league, not the championship. Right, yeah, yeah. Not the yes. actual UC, U, UCL, <laughs> not the, um, in, the European champions league. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll have <laughs> um, to swing by and see if the, unless you've, unless you've heard, I haven't heard if they're doing actual group training or if they're individual training at this point. I've not seen, and I, I, I mean, we could, we could find out right now on Twitter just by looking at the pictures, uh, but we won't subject you guys to listening yeah. to us search the internet. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I think I'd like to say a couple of things. Like, it's really good to see you again, Jonathan. It's really good to talk to you again and kind of just get my mind off of just the day-to-day work and and kind of um, come out of that, that bubble that, that I, I'm in as far as just like everything that's going on in the world and in the, um, in, in soccer, like I haven't been able to pay attention to any of it. And I, I kind of really, really glad to be able to come on a Saturday afternoon and just, you know, have a a sense of normalcy, talk about some things that need to get talked about and, um, just see, um, see some of our, like talk about some of our passions, right? Like sports. So, I would agree, oh. Dustin. It's 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 been been too long the the month since our last one. So, yes. Hopefully, we can get Tristan on here at some point. He's he's oh, not is that guy still on he, the pod? Was, yeah, I was supposed <laughs> like he's on the web page. Uh, Tristan, if you're listening, we we miss you. We um he's he's in the middle of trying to sell his house. So, uh, not only does he got have work, but he's also trying to move. So that uh, sounds like fun. Yeah, I. I don't, I don't envy him I, in as far as that goes. Uh, so, all right, Jonathan, what else? Do you have anything else before we close? I did not, Dustin. Before we uh, close, it sounded like a, a pastor ending a sermon. <laughs> Everybody stand. 
<laughs> we're gonna now we're gonna read the thingy. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, that's the news as we know it. A little bit of um, rumors in there too, but like mostly just trying to cover and let keep everybody up to date. Up to date. If you like this show, you can follow us on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. You can find us on the interwebs on the internet as at www.dallassoccershow.com. Jonathan Ross, what's your what's your Twitter handle? Uh, I think it's still Jonathan Ross one two. One two one two. That's right. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, taking your time out of uh, all the things that are going on in your life to listen to us talk about FC Dallas. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>